found the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Wall Builders Live, where we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Rick Green. I'm a former Texas legislator and America's Constitution coach, and I'm here with David Barton. He's America's premier historian and our founder at Wall Builders. Tim Barton, he's a national speaker and pastor and president of Wall Builders, and you. Thank you for listening. Appreciate you being a part of the program. Appreciate you being a person of action. If you haven't been up until this point, today is the day. If you have, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now is not the time to sit on the sidelines, so we're going to ask you to get involved, make a difference, give of your lives, your fortunes, and your sacred honor. Your life is your time, your fortunes, yes, that's your money, absolutely. Your sacred honor, honor, stand up, speak truth, stand for honor in your community. There's so much that you can do. Each and every one of us has a role to play, and we're asking you to participate in that. A couple of ways you can participate today, right there at our website, wallbuilderslive.com. Simply share the program with your friends and family. Just take the links and send them out. Then you can make a donation. Uh, that can be one time or monthly. It can be small. It can be big. Whatever the Lord puts on your heart, it helps to multiply this program and to amplify its voice and to get to more people and teach them truth and equip and inspire them. So God bless you for being a part of that. All right, David and Tim, later in the program, Sarah Gonzalez will be with us. She's got a program on the blaze and uh, and also just, you know, lead the charge on this fight against a lot of this uh, sexualization of our children in America. But before we get her on, you know, it, this is one of those things that it's kind of like if you had a time machine and we could bring people from in America from just 10 years ago or 15 years ago and bring them forward to today and let them see the stuff that's happening not just in San Francisco, but literally in our state of Texas and Dallas and Houston and uh, all across the country, they would be shocked. They would say, no, this is not America. This would not be happening in America. They would never allow this, maybe in California, but not the rest of America. And yet it's happening all over the country. It is happening. And, and you know, it's interesting. I think it's becoming more and more clear in so many areas that what we have a problem with is a lack of spiritual solutions. I was just talking to a group last night and and going through things. Just I went back over Washington's farewell address. He said the only way you have political prosperity is to have religion and morality. And if you reject religion and morality, you're not a patriot. You don't love your country. And you know, there's not even a lot of Christians who hold those convictions anymore. That that and I don't know of anybody who would say that our politics is prospering right now. It's not prospering. It's not doing well. We're polarized. We're divided. And I'm not hearing anybody say the 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 problem with that is we don't have enough religion and morality. And that's what Washington said: is if your politics is not prospering, you don't have religion and morality. And that really is the solution. So for so many things that that we have, but we're becoming more secular minded. And there's a passage out of um, out of Jeremiah eight that that's kind of really impressive. It's something that that we wrote about, actually, I wrote about this back when we did America to Pray or Not to Pray, but it just seems alive now again. In verse 9, it says, Since they have rejected the word of the Lord, what kind of wisdom do they have? Therefore, I will give their wives to other men and their fields to new owners. Now, think about that. There's the breakdown of marriage. You, you lose the marriage. The private property aspect, you're, you're losing that. The economic thing is, is going. It says, From the least to the greatest, they are all greedy for gain. Prophets and priests alike, they all practice deceit. They dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious, saying, Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No, they have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. Now, that's a significant phrase. When's the last time we blushed over something that embarrassed us, especially sexually? 
When's the last time that, that we saw a picture or a scene or heard a description that, that we got so embarrassed that we blushed over it? And that's part it, of the it, curse. It's the opposite, David. We're, we're embarrassed that we're paying attention. In other words, they put this image out there that you're a prude and you're a you know bigot and you're all of those things. If yeah. you even raise a question, should this be in front of kids? So we're embarrassed that we're embarrassed instead of – you know, does that make yeah. sense the way I'm saying that? Yeah, it does. Yeah. They, they have driven us off from, from what – because when God has a standard, you're going to be embarrassed about things you should be embarrassed over. And you look at what's happening now with, with you know, the, the drag shows and the sexualization of kids and whatever, and who's getting embarrassed? We're getting angry over it, but not getting embarrassed over it. Well, it also goes back to the idea that we don't know how to define right and wrong anymore, right? Fundamentally, I think where it comes down to is that when everybody gets to decide their own right and wrong, because we've been for decades in public school, in, in culture, we've been telling kids that you need to do what you think is right, right? That you determine your own truth. It's up to you to figure out what you're going to do, the life you're going to – everything is an individual choice. But when everything is an individual choice and, and we make morality subjective, it's up to the individual – then, then no one can ever be wrong for what they do. And if no one, like, who are you to judge me? Who are you to tell me I'm wrong? If that's a position we're taking, then no position can ever be wrong. And this is also one of the grievances I've had with many libertarians. I have a lot of friends who lean libertarian, and this is one of the things that we challenge them on often. I get the idea that we don't want the federal government to be more involved than they should. We think the federal government overreach has led to so many problems, and, and we understand jurisdictional roles, and I want to maintain the role of the federal government. However, when when you're going to take the libertarian position on, on on morality and say that the government should never tell us what's right and wrong, well, then why do we arrest murderers? Why do we arrest thieves? And they say, well, because they violated someone else's individual liberty and individual property. OK, well, explain to me how if we're going to say that all drugs should be legalized, that doesn't impact somebody else because we have to pay for the health care. We have to deal with the roads. We have to deal with the streets. We have to deal with the sidewalks. There has to be some value system we're going to be led and governed by and in the midst of being led and governed by some kind of moral system, it's it's not even a question of if we will have morals, it's whose morals are we going to uphold? Because if we're going to uphold the morals of someone who says, well, everybody should be able to do what they want, that's what the Bible talked about in Judges, when every man did what was that which was right in their own eyes. That, that is not the moral system we want to uphold. There will be a moral system. And I understand the argument that we want to teach morals outside of the federal government. The federal government should be limited in their moral capacity. I agree with that, but it's not to say they shouldn't have a moral code or compass somewhere along the way. And when, when we're looking at what's happening right now, Dad, as you mentioned, that the sexualization of the next generation, when we're looking at the fact that, that local libraries are now hosting this transgender drag time story hour, when, when you see local parks that are having these drag shows and, and, and it's being promoted as family friendly and kids are being invited, we have definitely lost our moral compass. Go back to George Washington. We've, we've lost that notion of religion morality. And, and this is something that, as, as much as for the last 40 and 50 years, we've talked about the fight for the unborn, the, the, the life issue, that's, that's still not an issue that's over. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done in that. Now it's being done in the States. I think one of the next big issues we're going to fight is some things along the sexual lines and, and the, the sexualization of kids, but also this transgender thing. And so someone who is helping lead the fight on that in, in the state of Texas is Sarah Gonzalez, and she's going to be someone who can speak to some of this issue, give us thoughts, ideas, guidance, understand some of what's happening in the culture around us, and then maybe some practical thoughts on what we can do to help make a difference in the area where we live. Stay with us, folks. Sarah Gonzalez with us. When we come back from the break, you're listening to all of them.
This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. The Reverend James Caldwell was a famous minister during the American War for Independence. His sermons taught liberty and God's opposition to tyranny. The British hated him and tried to kill him. So for his own protection, he would actually take loaded pistols with him into the pulpit and lay them beside his Bible as he preached. In the 1780 Battle of Springfield, the Americans ran out of wadding for their guns, which was like having no ammunition. Pastor Caldwell ran inside a nearby church and returned with an armload of Watts hymnals, the pages of which would provide the much-needed wadding. He took this great Bible-based hymnal, raised it in the air, and shouted to the troops, Now put Watts into them, boys! This pastor's ingenuity saved the day for the Americans. For more information on Pastor James Caldwell and other colonial patriots, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. Excited to have Sarah Gonzalez with us. Of course, she hosts News and Why It Matters on The Blaze. She's also teaming up with the Texas Family Project. Uh, Sarah, I enjoy following you on social media. Thank you for just exposing the corruption and evil that is happening out there. Uh, You've been a great resource uh, for me just personally. Uh, following what you do, uh, but we wanted our listeners at Wall Builders to know about what's happening and the and the partnership that you're doing with Texas Family Project and just how important this is to battle right now in the Texas legislature. So really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate you having me. Well, it's, um, you know, this is one of those things that was nobody wanted to pay attention to, kind of sweep it under the rug uh, for years and years, but it's, uh, you know, a critical mass at this point, these drag queen shows that uh, that that were you know publicly parents were taking their kids to these things here in Texas uh, over the last year and uh, and you've jumped on top of this and brought a lot of attention to it. What's the solution? What are you asking for legislatively or just politically? Well, I mean, I, I think that we were really trying to tackle not just the drag queen shows, which obviously is a huge up and coming problem, not just in Texas but across the nation. But we're also just trying to stop the sexualization of children period, right? I mean, we're seeing our children under attack through all different facets of society, through school, uh, you know, through all of these restaurants and and venues that are hosting all of these shows that they're marketing as all ages, but they're not. And even, unfortunately, in churches, a lot of the times where we're seeing these LGBT, you know, Q uh, events, drag brunches, drag bingos being held within the, the confines of a church. And so our children, unfortunately, are under attack. And What we're trying to do is ask the Texas legislature, I mean, number one, uh, schools should not have pornographic materials available for children, and this should not be available in public school. I think that that's that's a given. But number two, um, on the drag queen front, we really just, look, child abuse is child abuse. And in every other form of child abuse, we as a society have decided that we need to have laws preventing children from being physically abused, preventing children from being, you know, mentally abused. I mean, there are uh, laws against that. Unfortunately, I don't think that the Texas legislature ever had the foresight to know that this was going to be some gross form of child abuse that parents would be inflicting upon their children, which is, of course, you know, sexual child abuse, exploiting their children to all of these, you know, sexual events. And they they didn't think to add that in when we were talking about child abuse. And so well, because it's unthinkable, right? It was unthinkable. It was like you wouldn't even imagine that a parent would subject their child to something like this, or that a community would celebrate it, or that a library would invite. Anyway, yeah. So I I think you used exactly the right word. They just it was unthinkable, and and yet here we are. Right. Right. Exactly. So unfortunately, you know, um, I guess 
their optimism, you know, they never thought that we would would fall so far as a society, but unfortunately we have. And so it's time to protect the kids. And if the parents won't do it, then it's time for the Texas legislature to act on that and prevent children from being allowed to be brought to all of these drag shows. Sarah, I, you know, it's been 20 years since I was a state rep. And back in my day in the Texas legislature, it would have been Republicans and Democrats both amen in you right now and jumping on board. It seems like right now, not only are all the Democrats, it seems that they support this stuff, uh, that the president of, of their party is actually pushing for a lot of a lot of this stuff. Uh, but even it's hard to find champions on the Republican side. What is the deal? This should be a no brainer. But there's so few that are willing to take on this fight. What, what are you seeing behind the scenes politically that would be causing the hesitation? Yeah, unfortunately, um, we are living at a time where everyone is afraid to speak up because they're afraid of being canceled. I would I would based on my conversations that I've had behind the scenes, there are more people uh, than not who obviously agree with us, because, as you mentioned, this is not a controversial issue it sh- or it right. shouldn't be right. Like it shouldn't be controversial to say, hey, children shouldn't be exposed to this. But so they agree with you behind the scenes. The problem is that they are afraid of being called homophobic, transphobic, all of these phobics that, you know, the left throws out as if it's supposed to mean anything anymore. And unfortunately, I think that, that there's just a large majority of them who understand that the LGBT community is, is very loud and the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And so they are, are afraid of coming up publicly against it, even though they know that it's wrong because they're just afraid of what a special interest group might say about them. Now, I would say in response to that, whatever names that they're going to call you, they were going to call you anyway. So you might as well stand up for what's right. I, I, Man, I have a hard time even saying nice things at this point, because to me, it's cowardice. It's it's no backbone. It's absolute yeah. the, you know, uh, the, the wimpy wimpiness of our of our politicians um, and and so few that have the backbone to stand up and say, I'm going to do what's right, regardless of whether it costs me an election or getting canceled or, you know, that we used to call that a patriot. And um, so but but I think you're right. I mean, it's it's part of what's frustrated me, even just kind of watching from, you know, kind of on the outside now watching um, just so few have that that courage to stand up. But when they do, what I've noticed is when when someone does, man, people flock because we're hungry for that kind of courage and that and courage is contagious. So are you seeing an, enough or do you think that we're going to hit critical mass where enough of these legislators stand up and, and say no more? We're willing to take on the you know medical industrial complex and the rest because there's a money issue here, too, with with the mm-hmm. medical side of this thing. But but as more stand up, do you think we can hit that critical mass? And are you seeing some champions that you would say, yes, that's the example that we need more of? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I think that, look, that's what we're, we are trying to do is um, the more videos that we get of these things actually happening, because this is just, just such grotesque behavior that I think yeah. it's hard for legislators and just regular people in society to wrap their minds around until you put the video right in front of them and say, this is what is happening. This is what we're trying to address. So we're trying to, to, you know, make sure that we are getting video footage of all of these things that are going on as more proof, more evidence to put in front of their faces to make it uh, impossible for them to continue not acting. But also, I, I would say that it, it really is dependent, I think, on the rest of Texas, because there's only so much legwork that I can do. And I, I hear this all the time. Uh, people will say, thank you so much for what you do. We really appreciate it. Well, Thank you for the thank you. But what I'm really asking for people to do is get involved and talk to your legislators, right? Put put the pressure on them because I'm only one person. I can only do so much. But when they start realizing 
that that the tide is turning against them unless they act, oftentimes, unfortunately, it takes pressure from them to do the right thing. Yeah, oh, but no doubt about it. They don't uh, see the light till they feel the heat. And, and uh, e- even the good guys and gals, right? I mean, even the people that, 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 that claim to stand for the things that we're for, they need to know that we have their back. And so it does take a whole lot more than just cheering Sarah on from the sidelines, folks. We have to be that voice as well. Those calls and those letters and showing up at the town halls, it matters. It, it, it impacts these politicians. They need to know where the people of Texas are, if you're in Texas right now, but this is a fight that's happening all over the country. I think it's shocking to me that it's in Texas. I wouldn't have expected it to, you know, this to be kind of ground zero on, on this issue. And, and and Sarah, you've got your pulse on the rest of the country as well. I mean, are there champions in other states that are taking this on? Do, do you see, see this being a, a major issue in a lot of the legislatures as they're, they're beginning to get sworn in and, and start this week and next week? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I can tell you this, too. Um, I have gotten so many positive responses on Defend Our Kids Texas, but um, you know, usually I'm asked, if it's someone who does not live in Texas, I'm asked, when can you come to Michigan? When can we get a Defend Our Kids Michigan? Mm-hmm. When can we get a Defend Our Kids Florida? I mean, Florida, we're talking about Ron DeSantisville, right? You, we should not be discussing all of these things that are happening in Florida, in Texas, in places where you wouldn't expect. But I think that that's the point, Rick. I think that the point is, that they know that if they can do that in these places, in these red states, in these really red local areas, that they can get away with it anywhere. And so I think that there's a lot of pressure on legislators across the country to get this done and start protecting children. Um, and, and hopefully we can we can make some progress. Oh, so good, man. I, I, I love your style and the way you fight and, and, and what you, you know, what you said a while ago is, is, is so necessary to get this in front of people. It's because a lot of people are in denial or they just genuinely didn't know it was was happening. And I think what you're doing when you take those videos and you put them in front of people, it's very, very similar to the whole William Wilberforce thing in the movie Amazing Grace, where he, you know, takes that boat with 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 all of those uppity high society people and he, you know, steers it right over to that slave ship where you smell the stench of death and and, and disease and he puts it in their nostrils yeah. so that they realize what's happening in their backyard. And that's essentially what you're doing with these videos. And so the people out there that are hesitating to share these videos because you're like, oh, I don't want something that disgusting on my feed. No, you need that disgusting uh, video on your feed to wake up the people that are that are watching. And um, man, I, I, the righteous anger should well up in every single one of us to, to know that children are being exposed to these things. So God bless you, Sarah. Keep it up. Uh, give me give me a one, two, three as we close out for people that are listening, the things they should do, as you said, not just to say thank you and cheer you on, but the things they can do in their communities Um, and in their particular state to help in this fight? Yeah, I would say everyone needs to know who your legislator is and contact them and make sure that you, you know, ask them the questions. What are you going to do about these problems that are happening in the community? What are you going to do about the sexualization of children? Talk to your friends. Make sure your friends and family members are also holding your legislators accountable. Show up, as you said, at these town hall meetings. Show up at the Capitol. Just get involved. I mean, look, I would encourage everyone to go to uh, defendkidstx.com. Yes, I am talking about Defend Our Kids Texas. However, we are still asking for people to go there, at least register your email address, because once you register uh, your, you know, your email, you can stay tuned for um, different chapters that we are opening up in states, you know, coming very soon. And so we want to make sure that everyone is prepared and, and you guys know whenever we come to another state, because like I said, you know, this is a nationwide problem. And we realized that immediately after we launched, that there is a need for this across the country, and uh, we're trying to make sure that that everyone can stay in the loop. So defendkidstx.com and uh, make sure that they, they sign up there as well.
We're going to have a link today to make it very easy. Wobblerslive.com. You can jump over to defendkidstx.com. I'm going to ask you to one step further. Not only go there and get your email, make a donation. You know, we're always saying, what can I do? What can I do? It takes fuel in the tank for these kind of uh, movements to, to win. And, and for people like Sarah who are on the front lines of this fight, she's in the trenches scratching and clawing. The least we can do is send some good supplies her way. And one of the ways you do that is, is donating today. Defendkidstx.com is the website. Get on the email list so you can stay informed. And, and as Sarah said, uh, be ready in your state to open up a chapter, open up a, a, a fight right there. Because I, I promise you, you're thinking right now, folks, oh, it's not happening in my backyard. Hey, I'm here in Dripping mm-hmm. Springs, Texas, where one of the first fights over a transgender kid at, at, at the school thing started years ago. It's happening in your community, everybody out there. Sarah, God bless you. Look forward to having you back. Please let us know anytime we can help get the word out. And we're looking forward to some victories in the Texas legislature this spring. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. Hey, this is Tim Barton with Wall Builders. And as you've had the opportunity to listen to Wall Builders Live, you've probably heard the wealth of information about our nation, about our spiritual heritage, about the religious liberties, about all the things that makes America exceptional. And you might be thinking, as incredible as this information is, I wish there was a way that I could get one of the Wall Builders guys to come to my area and share with my group, whether it be a church, whether it be a Christian school or public school or some political event or activity. If you're interested in having a Wall Builder speaker come to your area, you can get on our website at www.wallbuilders.com and there's a tab for scheduling. And if you'll click on that tab, you'll notice there's a list of information from speakers' bios to events that are already going on. And there's a section where you can request an event to bring this information about who we are, where we came from, our religious liberties and freedoms. Go to the Wall Builders website and bring a speaker to your area. We're back here on Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks to Sarah Gonzalez for joining us as well. Back with David and Tim. And, uh, you know, guys, we, we we said from the beginning this is happening in communities that people think it's not happening in their backyard, but it is. I, in fact, I, I can't think of a state this isn't an effect, affecting, frankly, a community that this is maybe a really rural community. Uh, it's not. But because it's getting pumped out through the public schools, because they're looking for any outlet they can uh, to drive this sexualization of children, I don't think you can say I don't think anybody out there should say, oh, we don't have to worry about it. It's not happening in our backyard. Well, one of the things that I I think we've lost a little bit in culture is in the Christian community, this notion of evangelism, that we're supposed to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Well, Well, we know by and large, the church in general, Christians as individuals, we've not done a good job as a whole of going into all the world and making disciples. And in the book of Acts, uh, they they started with Judea and Samaria and the other most parts of the earth. They started from the small where they were and they expanded out. So you reach your area where you are and then you grow it from there. And as Christians, we haven't done a very good job of making disciples and evangelizing. But one of the things that this transgender movement is doing a very good job of is of witnessing, evangelizing, making disciples for this belief system. And to your point, Rick, you know, where so often we might think that this is this is a problem for like Los Angeles or maybe Miami and New York City and Chicago. It's not a, it's not a problem if we live out in the country. No, it's a problem out where we live in, in, in Texas, out in the country in Texas. There was a public park in the town where I live that there was a drag show and it was and it promoted as family friendly and, and families were invited to come bring your kids to see this drag show. This is something that that the transgender movement is working hard to evangelize and make disciples of kids. And if we don't wake up and pay attention, 
then we are going to see our kids, so many situations where kids that we're thinking, how in the world did, did they get this kid to buy into this movement? It's because they were being evangelized to and we didn't even notice it. And as, as Sarah pointed out, right, this, this is not just happening in these crazy liberal places. This is happening in Texas, among other places. And Texas is still viewed as a fairly conservative place. But this is just should be an awakening force that we have to be intentional. We have to get involved and, and we have to promote actual truth based on biblical principles of the word of God. We have to be better at evangelizing and making disciples from Christianity and not letting our kids be sucked into this worldly evangelism of this transgenderism movement. Now, I'll point out, too, that this is where the church has to step up. The church needs to see itself as the gatekeeper of the wholesomeness of the community. I mean, the church should be salt in this area and say, no, 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 in our community, it's not going to happen. I'm going to go spend time at the school and see if anything's going on with any of our teachers. I'm going to check with the principal. Every pastor should get involved in this. And going back to Jeremiah 8, it says that prophets and priests alike dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious, saying, it's okay, it's okay. And if the church is saying it's okay when this stuff is going around us, and if we're we're not making a big issue out of this, if we're not teaching people how to be embarrassed and how to blush, that there are standards, the church is not doing what it needs to in this area. So this is this is a great opportunity for Christians and the church to stand back up, become the gatekeepers of the community and say, no, no, we're not going to let this stuff come into our community. This are our kids, our families. We're not going to do this. Jeremiah 8 is a good passage to review on what happens if we don't do that. Well, friends, we've given you a lot of action items today. You know, another thing you can do on a regular basis is become a Constitution coach. Start hosting a biblical citizenship in modern America class right there in your home, in your living room. Bring people over. You'll have great fellowship. The videos, I promise you, will be encouraging. People will find hope, and they will find action items, things they can do to make a difference. I find that many people today, they realize there's something wrong. They realize the culture is crumbling. They're looking around going, okay, now what do I do? To make a difference. And we have the answers. God's Word has all the answers for everything we're facing, and including the action steps, how we should act as the church, how we should act as, as believers. And that's what we teach in those courses. So I encourage you to become a coach today. You can do that at patriotacademy.com. Just sign up to be a coach. It's free, and we give away the classes for free. So your students get to take the class for free as well. It's a great opportunity to build camaraderie, to build community. Whether you host a class at your home or your church or wherever, we just encourage you to get a class going. Lots of things you can do. Make sure you get engaged, folks. Let's save this country. Thanks for listening to Wobblers Live. We stand undivided forever.